morning. We're on the bottom here of 100B. It's amazing, so far into such a nice Masechta here. Um, we're starting kind of a new subject, which is uh, Kiddush and Shul. What exactly happens when they make Kiddush and Shul? What's the purpose of the Kiddush that they make in Shul? We're talking about Friday night Kiddush. The simple would be the, the minig to make Kiddush in Shul. So, Oso um, B'nai Adam. Uh, we see it's not, it wasn't a universal custom. Uh, I don't know why. It seems a high percentage of shuls do so today, um, have that custom. Um, it's not something that if you had that, didn't have the custom, that you would recommend picking it up. Meaning because it's, uh, it's not so clear. But many, if you have that custom, then the shul should continue it, of course. But those people, that I'm just pointing out of the words, don't sound like you should do it. It's uh, those people that do it. Oso b'nei Adam. It just doesn't, doesn't ring like we recommend all shuls should do this. It says those shuls that do it, shekidish be'ezekinesis. Those people uh, that make kiddish in shul. So uh, what's the purpose? What do they hope to accomplish with that kiddish? So Omarav, last line on the page. Yidei yayin lo yatsu. Yidei kiddish yatsu. Well, maybe they didn't know the blessing of Brei Pri Hagafen, and they didn't want to bother having to make that bracha at home, and this way they heard it in shul, so uh, that won't help. The fact that they heard the Brei Pri Hagafen uh, in shul, they're still going to need to make a new Brei Pri Hagafen uh, at home. And we're used to that concept, uh, but we're going to see there's a concept when you change a place, that the bracha you make in one place doesn't work for a new place. You need to make a bracha in every new place. Again, which uh, we're very used to that, but ma- the truth is that you already made it, you already thanked Hashem for the wine, uh, for the Kiddush wine. Maybe you could skip that bracha. So uh, Rob says no. But you did, you uh, did Kiddush Yatsu. You don't really need to make Kiddush again if you heard it in Shul. And Shmuel says, Af Yedei Kiddush Lo Yatsu. He said, you didn't even get a kiddush out of that. That kiddush doesn't work for you. Um, so let, before we turn the page, let's look at the last Rashbam on the page, on the bottom. If you have wine at home that you want to drink, guess what? You're going to need to make a new bracha. The fact that you heard Brei Priya Guffin once in Shul, even if you drank a tiny bit there, whatever. Even if you made the Kiddush in Shul, you're not exempt with the bracha that you made in Shul. Because you left your spot. You moved to a new place. That's uh, interrupting your thought. You thanked Hashem for the wine before, and now that you went to a new place, it's a new, a new experience. It's So that bracha you need to make new. Um, now, interesting, the Rashbam just goes into a different question. So, in other words, if you make a bracha on Brei Priyagafen once, it won't necessarily help you for another time. Even if it's, you know, on the way home from shul, you just made in shul, you'll still need to make it home. But what about if you made Kiddush before the meal, and then you're going to drink wine during the meal? So do you need to make a new Brei Priyaguffin? Because it's a new experience. So he says no. 
If you make a kiddush uh, at your meal at, on Shabbos, you don't need to make a new bracha on the wine that you bring. Um, real wine connoisseurs, they have a dessert wine, they have a wine that goes good with meat, and a different wine that goes good with chicken, and they bring those wines to the table. Uh, those, you don't need to make a bracha. The wine that you made the bracha on before the meal f- takes care of the wine during the meal. The, the bracha that you made before you brought the, the, made the motzi takes care of the wine after the motzi. Because a person is, uh, is going to uh, have Kiddush and is going to be Koveya. Okay, that's the first halacha that we learned today. That um, in the same place, you can make a bracha and it'll cover even something that happens a little bit later. But in a different place, and once you have to move, you're likely to need a new bracha. Okay, back to the Gemara. So we had two opinions. So now we need to explain the opinions. According to Rav, that everybody who hears Kiddush in Shul Friday night has fulfilled the mitzvah of Kiddush, so why do you need to say it again? You heard it there. The answer is, Well, not all your children were in Shul. And not all the, all the women, other people. So really, you make Kiddush at home just in case somebody didn't hear. But you really are, according to Rav, you're done. And according to Shmuel, it's even a bigger question. Uh, he, Shmuel said that you don't get the brach of the wine and you don't get the brach of the Kiddush. So why would you bother making Kiddush in Shul? So the answer is, you're right. It doesn't do anything for you. You have poor guests that are eating in the Shul. And they, uh, they don't, can't afford wine. They don't have their own wine with them. So the shul officially will set aside wine to make kiddush for all those that need to hear kiddush. So and what? Where do they eat? Uh, those other people. They eat and they drink and they sleep in the shul. In the old days, that's uh, the shul was. Uh, you could uh, people would sometimes just uh, come to the shul in their neighborhood, and that's where they would eat and sleep. They could get a meal. They could lie down on a bench, and that's what they did. Now, why does Shmuel say that you don't hear, you didn't hear Kiddush? You actually made Kiddush in Shul, and, and the other people who heard the Kiddush uh, were saying fulfill the mitzvah. So why doesn't the one who drinks the wine fulfill the mitzvah? Because Shmuel is consistent. That you can only a Kiddush only works uh, even if you said the whole bracha and you said the whole nusach if you eat uh, eat in that place. So if you're making for other people and you don't eat, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah you'll need to make again. Because ain't kiddush v'makam suda. So what's the reason for this rule, ain't kiddush v'makam suda? So there is a Rashi here. Let's take a look at the Rashi. That whenever you make kiddush, you need to eat a meal. So the day kiddush, which is only rabbinic, we tend to be lenient on the idea of meal. Uh, and we say that if you eat something significant that will... Uh, fill you up somewhat, then you fulfill Kiddush. Uh, so again, usually if you have an alamichia, if you have enough to make an alamichia, then you're good for the day meal. Uh, if not, you need to eat some more, uh, another piece of uh, whatever. Okay, let's see Rashi. Afide Kiddush lo yata. The first Rashbam actually. Kid appreciates time la kame in Kiddush of suda. 
as we're going to explain, the Rashbam says that the, you can only make Kiddush in a place, it only counts if you eat. The place where you call Shabbos, Klomer, Kriya de Kiddush, when it says call Shabbos, when do you call the Shabbos? That's when you make the Kiddush. Sham Tehei Oneg. That's where you enjoy yourself. In other words, the Kiddush, the sanctifying of the Shabbos, has to be in anticipation of uh, eating a nice meal, of having some good food afterwards. If you make Kiddush and it's it just by itself, that's all, all we get is a little drop of wine, then it doesn't, uh, that's not sanctifying the Shabbos. In other words, uh, and it's based on this Pasuk. Well, Medrashu, and it's a Medrash, that's the first explanation in the Rashbam. The Kiddush Mamakam Suda is learned out from this Pasuk in the, uh, that the Medrash brings that the cre- it mentions calling Shabbos and it mentions Oneg. So it implies that Kiddush, uh, the mentioning of Shabbos, has to be in a place of Oneg where you fill up a little bit. Um, Inami, uh, he gives another answer. He says it's logical. The Mid'ikva Kiddush Aliyai, you're supposed to make Kiddush on wine because we know that the, you can't just say the words Mekadosh Shabbos, you have to say it on a cup of wine. So he says, He says an interesting thing. Real wine is only enjoyable with a meal. In other words, when you drink wine just plain, that's not so chashuv. That's, that's just a sip. But when you have wine at the meal, that's the real Kiddush wine. That's his, his svara. You could argue with that. I, I, I've never interviewed wine people to see if that's true. Like... Is the real enjoyment of wine when you're in the middle of a meal and you bring wine to have... I know that that's true, that m- many people will order wine with a meal who wouldn't necessarily order wine plain. They wouldn't just sit there and drink wine. Wine, according to this answer, he says the reason that you uh, have Kiddush B'makam Suda is that since you're... Uh, good morning, Dr. Yav. Since you're having the wine, uh, that's, uh, that's the reason that you have it. Okay, so I'm waiting to hear the question which is, uh, what are the poor people uh, making Kiddush in shul? The shul is a holy place. You're not allowed to eat and drink and sleep in the shul. Uh, that's, a, that's a holy spot. You're not supposed to eat in the shul. So let's see the third toastus from the top. The ochel, they ate, v'shosu, they drank, v'ganu, they sleep in the shul. Bim tomar, toastus is a amar of perik meneir, but ain't ochel behen. You are not supposed to eat in shul. Let's put up a sign. No eating in shul. The ain't shosin. You're not supposed to drink in shul. Now, there is an exclusion for a mitzvah. Like it says, that when people went to sanctify the new moon, uh, and there was no Arab, so they had no food with them, so they were allowed to eat. Um, and, and he says, even in our days, so they would stop in shul and get a bite to eat. Uh, we actually will allow drinking of the Havdalah cup in Shul, or if there's a bris. So, but that's about it. In other words, you're only allowed to eat or drink for a mitzvah. Like if you have a bris in Shul, or you have Havdalah in Shul. If, if it's not eating of a mitzvah, or vishina, or sleeping, especially during the rabbi's drasha, that's usher, right? Afilu Bishel Bavel. Now, even uh, the shuls in Bavel, they knew they were only going to be there for a certain amount of time, 70 years. They were supposed, they, everybody knew Bavel was temporary. 
So when they built their shuls, they had in mind that uh, they're going to pick up everything and bring it back to Eretz Yisrael with them. So uh, therefore, the shuls were not quite as holy. Again, our shuls are like that because we don't know if we're going to how long we're going to be here. We're in Golis. So still, you're still not supposed to eat there. When it was raining, they didn't want to take, uh, go inside the shul to, to avoid getting wet. Either because they had the daven or the teach. Um, it says that they're made on a condition which allows you to do whatever you want. No, that's kedusha. That's once they're destroyed. Once a shul has been vacated, then you could argue there's no holiness there. But before you vacate it, you're not allowed to eat or drink there. So, in other words, he's asking a question. There's a rule that if you have to sell the shul, uh, once you sell it, it's no longer holy. So if it's no longer holy, you can eat and drink and sleep there. He says, no, 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 no. That's after you vacate it. But once you're in it, you're not allowed. So what's our Gemara saying? You make Kiddush so people can eat and drink and sleep. You can't do that in the shul. And it says that the people ate and drank in shul. So Tosas answers, you have to know how to read the Gemara. doesn't mean they eat in the sanctuary. He means, the Gemara means, even though it said they ate in the shul, it's not in the sanctuary of the shul. It meant that they had little rooms next to the sanctuary. That's called Vekanishta. That's called the shul. And they would hear the Kiddush made in the main shul, even though they were in the rooms. In the kolah, like right now we're in one of these little rooms off the kolah, that's a pretty good example of that. In other words, we could hear them making Kiddush in the kolah. They don't actually make Kiddush in the kolah. But it, if they made Kiddush in the kolah, we could hear the Kiddush, and we'd be probably justified in uh, eating over here in the room, on the side room. Uh, so that's just an interesting concept of um, really you're not supposed to eat in a shul. I don't know why if, if there's a leniency for kids, people seem to like the, sometimes kids come and they bring a whole lunchbox with them in shul. I don't know if that's, I, I don't know where that comes from or if that's, uh, uh, whether that's uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that. But uh, we're just saying that the hearing of Kiddush and Shul is okay if you're eating in one of the side rooms. That's the... Uh, in the side room. In the side room, that's right. Okay, uh, back to the Gemara. So uh, we're in this discussion of uh, when, with the, the Kiddush made in the Shul. Now, keep in mind, though, we are saying that you can hear Kiddush in the main room of the Shul, in the sanctuary, and eat in the side room. So we see that a side room is kind of like in the same place. So that's going to be our question. When we say you have to make Kiddush where you eat, what's considered making Kiddush where you eat? Like in other words, can you make Kiddush in Shul and then eat at home? So back to the Gemara. Uh, it's about five lines down, six lines down. Oh, Shmuel is consistent. Shmuel said you can only make Kiddush where you're going to eat. Sabramina, they thought, honey mealy me bais la bais. That's only you can't make kiddush in one house in the shul and go eat at home. But if you go from one place to another in one house, uh, from one floor to another, you made kiddush on the fifth floor and then you walk downstairs, that's okay. So Amr Lavanabar Khifa, that but that's not so. 
There were certain times. I was I was one of the students that stood in front of Shmuel. And uh, he was on the second floor. He was on the roof. And he went down from the roof to the dining room and made Kiddush there. He, didn't, he wouldn't make Kiddush upstairs for downstairs. And Rav Huna also said, It once happened that he made Kiddush, and before he could eat, the light went out. And he went He went to his son's house now to eat. They, they were very careful not to eat in the dark. That was a big thing with them. Not so sure we would eat in the dark either, but uh, you see, uh, it, was a, um, it seems to be that that's an important thing to eat when there's light on. So he didn't want to eat in the dark, so he went to eat. He knew by his son's house, uh, he ate over there, Dabe Shraga. There was a light over there. The Kiddush, and he made Kiddush again, Vitoimidi, and he ate something. Now, why didn't he eat something? Uh, why did he need to make Kiddush again? He made Kiddush already. Uh, the answer is, the Kiddush has to be where you're going to eat. Also agrees. When I was with the master, and when he would make Kiddush for all the Yeshiva students, he would say to us, everybody should eat something. This word Timu literally means taste, but it means you should eat something. Eat, taste something. Why? Uh, Dilma, why? Why do you got to taste something? Dilma, because maybe by the time you get back to the dorm where you're staying, it'll be dark. Uh, and uh, it, it, you won't, uh, it, it, since it's dark over there, you won't eat there. And uh, you won't, won't have made Kiddush. Since it's dark, you can't make Kiddush. And uh, you won't end up making Kiddush where you eat. Uba Kiddush Dehacha, and the Kiddush that you made over here in the Yeshiva, Lo Nafkisu. You won't, you, it won't work for you. De'en Kiddush Elamakam Suda. So you should always make sure to eat when you hear a Kiddush. That's, that's the rule. In other words, if you want to fulfill the mitzvah, you have to make sure to eat something. That's the basic, the basic rule. Um, now, uh, what did it mean when he told them uh, to eat something? Uh, so the words actually don't sound like eat significant. He just said tamu midi, like taste something. Let's look at the, the tosos, last skinny line tosos. Tamu midi, nira dahainu timus lechem. Tosos says taste something means have some bread. Like it says in Shavuos, kadami and she nita media ozo v'ochu When we talk about the kit, night kiddush, it's not so clear that um, in the day Kiddush, you can get away with a piece of kichel. At night Kiddush, you got to eat bread. That's what he wants to say for the, when we say you got to eat something. Now, what about v'im moil mini targimo? Um, what about if you just want to have a fruit? You just want to have uh, something small. Uh, can you hear Kiddush with that? And you want to do that for your third meal. You can't really eat a third meal. You just want to have something light. Kamobasukah. Like it says over there, so these leniencies on having a flimsy uh, piece of cake or a flimsy fruit is only for shalashudas. shame iker shabbos. He says you can't uh, you can't skip the the night meal and the day meal. Those got to be real meals. But uh, shalashudas, yeah, 
<laughs> you a could get a snack. Will do, right? You could, you could, you could make that argument. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's the uh, uh, that that seems to be the question. Okay, back to the Gemara, and so we're discussing this issue whether you need to make the kiddush in the same spot. So we're at the words Aini, about maybe about ten lines up from the bottom. Aini, it's not so. It, is it true that you can only hear Kiddush if you eat there? I Omar Abai Kol Mili Demar Havi Avid Karav. So let's just pause for a second. We started about the Kiddush in Shul where you don't eat, and Rav said uh, that you can hear Kiddush, you can fulfill Kiddush even though you don't eat in Shul. Shmuel said no because ain't Kiddush Mamakam Suda. So Shmuel is the one who's making the trouble here. Shmuel is the one who says. That if you heard Kiddush and you don't eat, forget it. You didn't hear Kiddush. That's Shmuel's opinion. Rav said, you heard Kiddush, you're good. Right? So the question here is, we're quoting all these rabbis that said, eat, eat. We hear Kiddush, make sure to eat. Right? So that means they're holding like Shmuel. They're poskening like Shmuel that you're, if you want to fulfill Kiddush, you've got to make sure to eat. Sometimes it happens by the time you get to the Kiddush table, there's no food left. <laughs> So then what do you do? That's a whole question. But uh, you might have to make Kiddush over if you, uh, at home or whatever. So what should you do? So uh, we're saying that we hold agree with Shmuel over here, that the Kiddush and Shul, um, those people that eat, they eat later in the side rooms, and that's their own food. But they, they don't give out any food in Shul when they make Kiddush Friday night. So according to Shmuel, that Kiddush doesn't count. So the question is, are we, do we hold like Rav or do we hold like Shmuel? So the Morris question now is, we usually hold like Rav. Uh, let's see the Gemara. Aini, uh, it's not so that we hold like Shmuel. The, and Shmuel says this new requirement that you have to eat at the place of Kiddush. My Rebbe said we always hold like Rav, except for three cases. There's always exceptions. What are the three cases? The three cases that my Rebbe, uh, we Paskin like Shmuel, Number one, you can recycle tzitzis. Matir and mibegel lebegel. If your, your, your garment gets old, but your tzitzis are still usable, you can take them off one garment, you can untie the knots, and put them on another. In the old days, people used to do that. Now we're kind of lazy often, but you, you could. Okay, number one. Number two, umadlikin miner liner. When you light Hanukkah candles, what if you don't have a shamish to light from? You're allowed to light one Hanukkah candle from another. It's not so simple, but that, that was the... A teaching of Shmuel. And the third thing was, We agree with Rav Shimon when it comes to dragging the bench. The Tanya, what did Rav Shimon say? You're allowed to move your bed. They had dirt floors, and beds, certain pieces of furniture were heavy. And Rav Shimon taught you're allowed to move them even though they're going to leave a furrow in the ground. A person can drag. Uh, they, they're so heavy, you can't even pick them up. You drag them. You drag your bed. You drag your chair. You drag your bench. As long as you're not trying to make the furrow. Uh, again, so Shmuel was leaning there and said that you're allowed to move it because that's not your intent. When you drag a bed and it digs a, hole, a little hole in the ground, that's not a problem. The bottom line is that except for those three cases, we never did like Shmuel. We only did like Rob. So why over here are we saying all of a sudden follow Shmuel and you can only fulfill Kiddush if you eat there? So 
the Gemara answers, de Rav have avid. He meant if Rav was stricter, he always did like Rav. Kekule de Rav lo have avid. But he didn't necessarily follow Rav when Rav was more lenient. So over he, uh, those three things that we learned were leniencies in Shmuel. Over here, Shmuel was strict and said that you should make Kiddush only where you have food. So that, he actually, we do agree with Shmuel. Rabbi Yochanan says, He says that you don't need to make a new Brei Priya uh if you made Kiddush in Shul. Whether you bring a new wine, or you bring a new place, you don't need to make a new bracha. Now, where it gets tricky is today, people have water bottles. And they carry the water bottles with them, and they're in new places. So the question is, every time, especially if you're jogging, every time you make a... Um, maybe you should ask David Schoen this question. <laughs> he, he was in Congress, and he oh, was right. <laughs> drinking water, and he paused to make a bracha, and then he, made it, uh, he covered his head, and the media was trying to figure out why he was putting his hand over his head. And then a while later, he needed another drink. He made another bracha. So the question was, uh, do you need to make a new bracha or not? Um, once you make one, so when you change your place or you, um, uh, you need to make a new bracha. So uh, the question here um, is, uh, he's saying that you, you need to make a new, um, uh, you don't need to make a new bracha. Okay, fine. So he said, and technically, if you heard a brain pre-guffin in shul, you don't need to make a new bracha. Let's take a quick look at, Ra- at the Rashbam here. There's another issue, which is uh, we're saying that if you have more wine, you don't need to make a new bracha. There's a famous uh, concept that they actually have a special bracha about bringing out a new wine. Uh, they only drank wine, and uh, Rashi was from France. Uh, uh, French people drink lots of wine. And uh, what the Chazal were before that, they instituted it when you bring a new wine, you make a new bracha. So what are we saying that you've already made your bracha on wine? What about the special bracha on a new wine? Let's see, a Rashbam. Last on the page. They bring you some more wine from a different barrel. And it tastes different. Or it's worse. Or better. You don't need to make a new bracha of Repriagafen. But you do need to make the bracha tova metif. You need to thank Hashem that he created another good bottle. Uh, as long as it's a better wine, like it says in Brachos, you don't need to make a new Brachos if you bring a new bottle. You need to make the Tova Metiv. That's just a different barrel. Like it says, And that's a bracha that's made. Today you have to know whether um, a new wine really adds to... Uh, um, in other words, if you bring out a new wine and there's special enjoyment because you really like both wines and you finish the other one and you're excited to open this... They had aged wine that were aged for years. And people are very excited if this wine has been sitting around for many years and it has a unique flavor. When they would cork it, that was like a special occasion. So that definitely would have a, a tova metif. But there's a lot of discussion today in most houses whether people uh, really uh, have any enjoyment that they should make that bracha. So sometimes you don't hear about that bracha so much. But if you personally enjoy bringing out a different, different kind of wine, so sometimes for Kiddush, 
uh, you make what the family likes. You know, whereas later on in the meal, you may, you bring out the wine that you enjoy. So then you probably would, should make a tova metif. That's, the, that's this other bracha that the Rashbam is saying as we turn the page. Mesve, um, we're on Ahmed Beis, uh, 101b, top line. To make a tova metif, suppose you don't know whether or not you're really going to enjoy this new wine more than your old wines. You have, you have to taste it first, and then you make the tova metif, and then you, you take another taste? That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, let me ask you this. Would you enjoy bringing out a bottle if you didn't know if you would enjoy it? In other words, if half the time when you bring out the wine, you might not even like it. So when you make that bracha, would you be able to thank Hashem for giving me a really good wine? Or it's only after you knew that it was going to be good um, I've never seen a lot of times I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try a wine on somebody else's recommendation, but it's very personal whether or not you, you enjoy it or, or, you know, whether, whether it tickles your palate or not. Um, once I know that like, like for instance, I, I happen to like these Zamora wine. Um, mm-hmm. once I know that it, uh, that I, that I like it, then I, then I know that I like it and it, it's usually consistent from year to year. Um, but until I try it, I don't really know. I personally, I would like to think about that, and I'm sure the post, the, the, you know, that would be a good question for the postkin, is to, because um, like I said when you bring out the wine, uh, you you make the bracha, but the problem with what you're saying is that you would have already enjoyed it first, <laughs> but you're saying you don't even know ahead of time if you will, but the problem is that once you taste it, you say ah, that you make that bracha beforehand. So you're, you're kind of asking, can you make that bracha beforehand on really enjoying it if it's only 50-50? I mean, it's, it's not like a shechiano. And the shechiano is, oh, wow, this is the first time. Right. But atova metiv is, oh, this is a great wine. It's great, to, it's great the second taste just like it is the first taste. Yeah, it's still a question, but I think there's a, there's a feeling to be made in terms of you know, when one wine is served, who don't know about it, who don't know it's coming. In other words, the Balabayas, I don't believe, is the one who would be saying Hatova Metiv. The, the question still applies, but mm-hmm. it's when another wine is, is coming out. It, if he knows that it's a better one, I, I think they should say it. He said, Dr. Yafi's asking if he doesn't know. We're, we're just pointing, there's a, there's a different halacha that when you make one bracha on all the wines in front of you, uh, you typically don't make a tova me. Tova metiv is when something that wasn't here before comes out. That, that, that's worth pointing out as well. Okay, now, uh, back to the Gemara. I mean, you know, there are some wines that after you taste them, you want to make a barakai and amest. I mean, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear. I definitely. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. Um, we used to. It used to be. Uh, you remind me the uh, uh, so. In kosher restaurants, we only allow wine that's mavushal, that's cooked. And the reason why is because if a non-Jew touches it, it would become non-kosher. Uh, and uh, in restaurants, you can't take a chance that, you know, somebody will touch it or somebody. So um, in the old days, when they would cook wine, uh, it changed the flavor. So we had like a French person here. We are saying, this wine tastes burnt. He couldn't tolerate the cooked wines. Uh, whereas today they have something called flash pasteurization where they cook the wine like instantly. 
In other words, they bring it up to very, and then they lower the temperature. And it, the, according to most, you can't even tell that it's cooked. You can, you can, uh, it, it, what it just, what well, the reason they do it is that wines tend to keep on changing, fermenting. And uh, if you have it fermented perfectly, you don't want it to ferment anymore. And so then you flash pasteurize it, and then it's going to stay the way it is, and it won't go bad. Whereas if you don't, it could go bad, or it could change, and, and people won't appreciate it. So, uh, but uh, they say that that doesn't affect the taste like the, uh, but the, I remember very clearly this person telling me, like, um, he was, uh, wanted to open a kosher restaurant, and he was saying it's impossible to serve this burnt wine. He said, I can't, I can't have a customer would never drink this yayin mavushal. Uh, and it could be he was right. Uh, I, in those days, I didn't know the difference. But again, today, the, the, even the mavushal wines are quite good. And uh, even many of the experts can't tell that they're actually cooked because of the, they have a new process to cook it called flash pasteurization. Even non-Jews use that process, uh, not for making it yayin mavushal, but for their own reasons, like we said, to kill the bacteria. Okay. Top line. What's the question? If you go to a new place, you need a new bracha. If you bring a new wine, you see clearly that um, uh, even though you bring a new wine, uh, you don't need to make a new bracha. Um, Rav Yochanan said, uh, he, he said, you don't need to make a new bracha. And here, he said, if you go to a new place, you don't need to make a new bracha. Uh, and here we see, if you go to a new place, you do. So we, uh, Rav Yochanan said, you don't need to make Kiddush uh, again. Embrace Priya Gafet again. We see clearly you do. Yasser Vidi Baravan Kamei Rav Kista Yasser Rav Kista Kamish Mei Rav Huna Hide Amishini Malkam Sorok Levarach. When we say that you go to a new place, you need a new bracha. Lo Shano. That's only Mi Bias Lebias. That's if you went from one house to another house. In a new house, new bracha. But if you just moved from one spot in the house to another, you don't need to make a new bracha. We learned that same teaching in the Academy of Rev Hinnik. And some people say, His name wasn't Rav Hinnik, it was Bar Hinnik so um, the, uh, the, the question is, uh, he taught it, uh, this teaching, that uh, this rule that you, uh, in, when you go to new places, a bracha is only a new place, but not in the same room, like a different corner or a different spot. And uh, they showed him that the Brisa also taught this halacha as well. Um, I just want to show you there, just like as a, as a little bit of information, the Rashbam brings, if you look like five lines up in the middle of the Rashbam, he says the zimnin she'ena kol bekiim b'brisa. He said sometimes that all the Amoroim didn't know these brises. These were outside teachings. The gamamora atzmo zim delo yadolei lahu brisa ademaisi leisatamina. Sometimes they they hadn't heard them. That was everybody heard a mishnah, but the brises weren't fully known by everybody. So that's why our gemara added his two cents and said the brisa of Rev Hinnik or the brisa di Bar Hinnik said the same thing. Okay. So is Ravuna just repeating the Mishnah? So the Mora says, Ravuna Masnisa Loshmiyale. No, he didn't hear it. The, the, again, not, not the Mishnah. This word Masnisa means the Brisa. The Brisas were, were not as official as the Mishnah. It's not everybody knew every Brisa. Back to the Gemara. 
And Rechistitz taught another teaching, and this he said in his own name. That which we said, you need to make a new bracha. Lo, Amrin, you only say that. Sometimes when you make a first bracha, you're required to finish and make an after bracha. So if you haven't made the after bracha yet, you're not finished. So this rule that you need to make a new bracha is only if you made an after bracha. But if you're on something that doesn't uh, that needs an after bracha, if you still need to make an after bracha, like you still need to bench, so then ain't Then you don't need to make a new bracha. In other words, you need to make a new bracha when you go to a new place and the old bracha is finished. Gone. You thanked Hashem before for the other food. Now it's a new food because it's a new place. Everything's location. In this location, you didn't eat yet. But that's only true if you benched, if you made the bracha achrona already. Since you made the bracha achrona, you showed that you finished off the old bracha rishona. But if you still are left the bracha rishona open because you didn't bench yet, you didn't finish, you didn't make the alamichia, so you're showing that you didn't discontinue your eating. So then uh, you don't need to make a new bracha. So it's just an interesting thought that even if you move... Um, I, I remember the, uh, I once was with a group of Hasidim. They would wash at home, and then they would go to the tish of the Rebbe. And there was thousands of people at the Rebbe's tish. And you really, uh, the most you would get would be some leftovers. You know, you get a little, piece, what they call shurayim. And so you really can't wash over there. You can't, there's no room for 10,000 Hasidim to wash over there and eat bread. And, uh, but they would wash and eat bread at home, and they, when you when you wash and you don't bench, so it's like you open the, uh, you cover all the food that'll be eaten until you bench. And they had in mind that when they went to the tish, they would have some. If they're lucky enough, they could squeeze in. Um, the worst thing is when they give shirayim from the soup. That gets uh, that's not COVID friendly. Uh, or the fish when they pass around the piece of fish. <laughs> but uh, at any rate. Um, uh, so we're saying a new concept that you need to make a new bracha when you go to a new place if you closed out the old bracha by making a bracha achrona. But if you didn't close out the old bracha by making a bracha achrona, you're still uh, still covered. My time, or what's the reason? Lekiva kamahada, because you're going to go back to your original start and make a, a final bracha. Rishayshah, he, he argued. He said, he said, you still need to make a new bracha, even if you didn't make the bracha achrona. More is a question from the following case. Yeah, the buddies get together to have a drinking party. And all of a sudden, you know, they before the bride and groom come, they have the chassan's room over there. They're waiting around. And so they have those big bottles of, uh, of whiskey there and they're drinking away. And then they hear, okay, the bride and groom are coming. They're going to go out, get up and greet them. When they leave, they don't need to make an after bracha at that moment because they plan on coming back. They're just going to greet them or to dance them. And when they come back, they don't need to make a new bracha beforehand because they didn't finish their original bracha. They sat down to eat. They heard the bride and groom coming. They got up to sing a little, but they were going to come back. When is that? They don't need to make a new bracha. That's 
there's always some of the old people that don't get up and run to, to dance with the chassan because uh, they don't want to get trampled. They don't want to get pushed. It's very hard. And those, <laughs> it's, it's very, you know, the, at the first dances, especially when they have those young men after they're drinking, you got to be very careful because it's, uh, you can get pushed and squeezed. And uh, so there are some older people that know not to get into that circle. So they sit at the table still. So since they're sitting at the table, so the table is still there. Uh, and so therefore you don't need a new bracha because that same setting is still going. It hasn't been closed out. If there's no old person or sick person who, who's there and the whole table is cleared, when they leave, they should really make a bracha afterwards. And when they come back, the shame Now, Medictani Ahuraglehem it sounds like that they lifted themselves up, they picked themselves up from the table. Miklal, it sounds like, it sounds like they really needed to bench uh, and make a brachachrona in their place. And and the only reason that they uh, don't need to bench is because they left people there. And that's why when they leave, they don't need to make a bracha afterwards. And when they come back, if they didn't leave an elderly person or a sick person there, they would need to bench. So let's just repeat the question. You probably get it. Um, so again, the, the, the idea is when you make a bracha, you cover the food that you're eating, going to continue to eat in this spot. And when you go to a new place, you need to make a new bracha. That's very simple. Now, but what about a, a thing that you make a bracha beforehand, and the way you show you're finished is by making a bracha achrona, or by benching. And so Ruchista taught that if you didn't close out your eating with benching, you can come back and eat without a bracha. Because since you didn't bench or make a bracha achrona, you showed that you were still open to put more food in your mouth. And so basically, you're still covered by your initial bracha, even if you went to dance with the groom in a different room, and you were okaraglaim, you picked yourself up and you went and you danced with the groom, you can come back 20 minutes later and finish your eating, and uh, you don't need to make a new bracha because you didn't bench. So that was the halacha that Rav Kista taught. But over here, it seems to say that that's only true if there's some people still eating at that table. In other words, you got up from the table to dance the groom, or, uh, but there's still people there, the old man or the sick person who can't dance. But if you didn't have an old man or sick person, even though you didn't bench, he's saying that you need to make a new bracha. So we're going to have to answer that contradiction tomorrow, uh, which is do you, uh, this rule that if you didn't close out your eating by benching, that you're still covered, is that only true if there are people at the table or not? We'll have to find out tomorrow. Okay. He's saying, you know what he's saying? He's saying that you could make multiple brachas without making a bracha of Rona. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. That's right. If you go to a new place or you pick yourself up. Okay, have a great